Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2,157. Buckle up because today we're going racing. Be prepared to be inspired. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, with a very special guest by the name of Sarah Montgomery. Sarah, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Let's do it. Now, that's kind of a funny question to ask a lady like you who's used to releasing clutches, being out on the racetrack as much as you race. And I'm going to give you a proper introduction, but first I want to ask you this. What's one little thing that maybe people don't know about Sarah Montgomery? Um, I would honestly say that as much as I seem like I'm an extrovert on line and in person, I very much love alone time and, you know, not being around people sometimes. And I definitely have a very much of an introvert side, which a lot of people don't probably expect. <laughs> well, is when you're racing, you're out amongst your teammates, other racers, the fans. And when you do all the social media today, even though you're alone when you do it you feel like you're with a lot of people and today we're exactly. just surrounded by so much stuff i mean it just is kind of crazy that alone time is is kind of nice and special I, i've had guests on the show that like to go out into nature to do that to be alone and yeah. be with nature is that something you like to do i love outdoors um i actually just bought a mountain bike recently All and right. so i you know go with my friends and just love doing outdoor stuff no yeah. doubt yeah it's a good healthy thing to do for sure absolutely let me give you a proper introduction we're going to dive into this role i've had a lot of people on the show that speak very highly of you sarah and saying wow oh, no <laughs> uh, well no that's a very good thing uh people <laughs> in the racing world that just give you accolades so uh you're making some waves out there and i think that's pretty darn cool. Sarah Montgomery is a racer competing in the World Racing League known as WRL in a BMW M4 GT4. She started racing after attending an IndyCar event at the young age of 10 and she drove go-karts in dirt ovals and guess what she won three championships uh spec miata was the next that she raced before having a driver's license she was jumping in that car professional level racing soon began in the battery tender mazda mx5 cup series back in 2014 and in her rookie year she was the highest finishing female and top 10 in points being the first woman to podium in the global mazda mx5 cup series very cool she drove yeah. a porsche boxster in WRL in 2020 and for the 2021 season, Sarah competed in the highest class of WRL driving a Porsche GT4 car, earning a win at the 24-hour of Sebring race in October. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. You're welcome. When Sarah's not racing, she spends a little bit of time with our friends at the Porsche Experience Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and she loves to sell people their dream homes in real Yay. estate. You are a busy lady. We'll be back in just a minute. Well, first, a word from our sponsors. They're the ones that keep gas in the tank here, so give them a little love, and we'll be right back. Buckle up. I love Covercraft's new five-layer all-climate cover. It was developed and engineered for 
anything Mother Nature can throw our way. It's very soft, breathable, and easy to store and pampers your paint and interior surfaces, providing maximum UV, rain, dust, and snow protection. Add their gust guards for windy conditions for extra protection. Their five-layer all-climate cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form and fit with a quality and attention that's been their standard since 1965. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected by a Covercraft cover. And I have a deal for you. Use the code YA21 at Covercraft.com and you'll get 10% off your Covercraft order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Just type in the word yeah, Y-E-A-H, 2-1 at checkout. Yeah, 21 at Covercraft.com. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. Jim Canova is a past guest here on Cars Yeah, and he's detailed over 8,000 vehicles. And that kind of professional experience leads to innovation. He was tired of uncomfortable stools and creepers and being down on his knees when detailing cars. So as a result, Jim thought, you know what, there must be a better way. And he invented the Bumby Seat. His unique design gets you off your knees and your bum onto a far more comfortable seating position for all your low-level automotive detailing. The Bumby Seat, with its patented full-flat design, allows you to adjust your position to the task at hand. Convenient side trays hold your car care products, tools, cloths, or a tasty beverage. Built for the toughest driveways and garage tests, the Bumby Seat has wheels that roll easily over almost any surface, and it makes a great around-the-home adjustable stool for hobbies, yard work, or take it to the car show. The full-flat design makes storage a breeze. Jim has launched an Indiegogo fundraiser and you can get in on the start of what's sure to be an industry favorite. Go to Indiegogo.com and type in Bumby Seat, that's B-U-M-B-E-E Seat, to be one of the first in line to start improving your automotive detailing experience today. That's Bumby Seat on the Indiegogo.com website. A fun folding mobile seat design. 
So, Sarah, we are back. So, World Racing League, wow. I mentioned to Sarah in our pre-show chat that I've had lots of people on the show that speak very highly and go, wow, this lady, watch her because she is coming on strong. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how this whole racing thing happened. I mentioned in your intro, you know, back when you were pretty young, 10, you were racing go-karts and uh, going to racing events. Uh, what, What bit you with the racing bug? So it's kind of funny. Uh, my dad got free tickets to an IndyCar race whenever we were younger. He was like the number one salesperson at his car dealership. So, you know, as a kid, I'm like, why are we going watch cars go around in circle? This is dumb. <laughs> why not go to Disney World or something like that? And uh, as soon as we got to the race and I saw an IndyCar go around at, you know, almost 200 miles per hour, the smell of the fuel, the burning of the rubber, like, Everything just was so fascinating. I instantly fell in love. And it's like, you know, the true instant fall in love saying that definitely happened. And at that point, I was glued to the fence. Like I wanted (laughs) everything to do with racing. And then shortly after we got home from that race, I brought my parents my piggy bank and just simply wanted everything to do with anything that had four wheels and went fast. <laughs> so <laughs> This is pretty funny because, it. you know, you brought you, you said you brought your parents your piggy bank. I think at that very young age, you knew that racing costs a lot of money <laughs> and it requires a, a lot of expenditures and so forth. But the process that you've gone through this building up, starting in go-karts in the dirt, which so many successful racers started that way, because in the dirt, yeah. you learn a lot about car control and driving by the seat of your pants and so forth. Yeah. But You've gone through some pretty cool series. So before we get into what you're doing this year, can you kind of walk us through some of this? I mean, Mazda, the MX-5 Cup Series is is pretty darn cool. And then, of course, driving Porsches and driving BMWs. I mean, you're driving all the cool stuff that I love. So this process, as you work through us, kind of walk us through the, the learning curves and then what got you to what you're doing today? Yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of learning curves. Um, it, You know, when I first started, you always hear like the woman thing not being accepted. And, and as much as I try not to be that person, it definitely was a thing when I first started racing in dirt. A lot classier people now in a sense of where I grew up in that area. But, um, you know, people I was racing against just did not like the fact that there was another female on the track. And, you know, I even had one of my good friend's mother come up to me and just basically say, you know, let those guys go around you. What? You're going to be okay. Y- yeah. It no. blew my mind. Oh I'm my so God. serious. Wow. Like it just was not accepted. And it's funny, like as I started getting up into higher and faster racing, you'd think it almost be less accepted, but it's so not that way. It's like, this girl's really here to just be another one of us. And like, you know, she's actually kicking our ass. So <laughs> <laughs> she's here to say so. Um, It is kind of funny. I definitely had to grow a bit of a backbone at a younger age. And, you know, a lot of my friends going through high school and college were out partying and drinking. And my sole focus was not to make a sponsor upset on social media. So like, I never wanted to be seen out in those settings. And it's not like I feel like I missed out, but just like such a learning curve of growing up quicker to try and keep partners happy and to grow partnerships and things like that. Definitely a huge learning curve in multiple aspects, if that makes sense. Well, it does. And, you know, as a young person, how did you, and I'll get to a, the, well, I love a kind of a mentor question in, in a moment, inspirations, but how did you know, like, what, what were you surrounding yourself with to know that those things were important at a young point in your career? Because that's not just something that just pops in your brain. Yeah. Do you have some great people around you or people that were saying, this is what you need to do? 
Yeah. So definitely a lot of that. Um, and a lot of self-motivation too. You know, I, you know, my parents were perfectly well off, but not enough to pay for my racing all the time. So when I first got started, you know, my, I was too young to even understand what business was in a sense, you know, so my dad would go out and try and find partners and, you know, for me to keep my dream going or starting more or less. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so I think just seeing how hard he worked and, you know, Back whenever I was young, computers aren't what they are now. So like him making a, a partnership deck basically took months. Now technology is so easy. You can just slap stuff together yeah. and they have templates. But back in the day, you have just like a blank Word document and you're trying to put pictures and then this shifts a little bit, you know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. and I think seeing how hard he worked was really motivating for me as a young girl to not ruin this. And like, I was so headstrong and like wanted to race so bad that I didn't want anything to be messed up. I didn't want to upset anyone because I just wanted it. I think having my dad and, you know, all my family was super supportive too, but my dad was like the strong businessman and grew his business into what it is today. And I think that was just inspiring because I couldn't do it without him. Honestly, that just really kind of helped me get that mindset of being independent and strong and not doing anything to ruin a relationship. He always told me don't burn bridges because that's the worst thing you can possibly do. And I kind of live by that. Well, smart uh, father, uh, mentor, inspirational driver, as they say, uh, that you had. Very, very fortunate to have all that. And in addition to racing, I want to touch real quickly, as if that doesn't occupy enough of your time, (laughs) you're a real estate agent too, right? Yeah, exactly. So I feel like I have my toes dipped in a whole bunch of things because I don't enjoy sitting still. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so I got my real estate license in Georgia about three years ago and actually started using it about two years ago and now actually selling a lot. So I can't complain. I definitely stay busy, but you know, my clients know that racing is my number one. And when I'm gone, like I'm on a team. So if they need something, they can reach out to them and, um, it just works. And I think they understand that. And that is always really nice when you have understanding people to work with. Well, your timing was pretty good because the real estate market up until right now, as as you know, you're in the middle of it has slowed a bit because of interest rates, but boy, things were like going skyrocketing. So you you got your feet into the real estate track when everything was going really fast, uh, which is a great thing. And now you get to learn how to deal with okay how do you get somebody into a, a normal home? market <laughs> well yeah exactly when when i tell my my kids or friends you know my my wife and i we bought our first house our interest rate on our loan was 14 percent exactly and they go what how, yeah how could you buy a house then well houses were 150,000, not a million dollars uh yeah. you know a little different so definitely everything changes a little bit and you also do a little bit of uh instructing at the porsche experience center uh in atlanta uh we've had uh past guest ray schaefer on the show here he's become a friend of mine that is so active in that whole program how do you like jumping you know i've got houses of racers jumping into the seat when you've got a someone else at the wheel it's something <laughs> something. (laughs) So honestly, you know, I, I don't do it too much anymore. I do a lot of work, you know, still right seating, but I actually enjoy teaching teenagers car control. So basically new licensed kids, um, you know, how, what to do if their car starts to spin in things like that. Um, but Porsche is a little bit different because it is grown adults and who just love the brand and want to 
basically push the limits of the car that they've always dreamed of driving. And honestly, I have fun as long as people listen. You know, every once in a while, I'll get that super cocky, you know, younger guy who's just like, I'm not about to listen to this girl who knows nothing about what she's talking about, but they just don't know what I really do. And I don't care to tell them because they don't deserve to know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's always that hot shoe, you know, that uh, thinks thinks he knows how to drive because he's sitting in a car that can do it, but it's quite the opposite. So let's get back to what you're doing this year with what you're driving, what the World Racing League is all about. Let's start with WRL. What is the World Racing League for people that maybe don't know everything about it? Sure. So WRL is basically high performance, you know, endurance racing, if you want to call it that. So we race on left and right hand turn tracks. If you're, you know, that new to racing. So it's not NASCAR in a sense of doing ovals. We are actually on what we call a road course, which are typically between two to four miles long, I would say. And world racing league is a little bit different than, you know, other sports car series and like IMSA or things like that, because they're long endurance races. So each race weekend, we have at least two eight hour races. So an eight hour race on Saturday and another eight hour race on Sunday. Um, and the special thing about endurance racing is that there's most multiple drivers per car. So I'm not driving the entire eight hours, which is the funniest reaction for people who don't understand racing. When I tell them that it's eight hour race, they're like, Oh my God. (laughs) You know? Yeah. How do you do that for eight hours? (laughs) How do you do that? Yeah. So there's two other drivers. Um, my team owner, Brad McCall and another fantastic driver, Cole Lofsgaard and us three basically split the eight hours, basically in about two to three hour segments. So it kind of just depends on the race and the weather and all the factors as far as who drives at what point in time. But WRL is really special because there's somewhere between 60 to 90 cars on track at a time. There's a ton of people Um, and there's multiple different classes. So there's four classes out there total and our class, which is the GTO class, as you said earlier, is the top level class. So it's the fastest cars and there's probably about 40 cars on average entered in the GTO class. So even though there might be 90 cars on track, we're only technically racing against 40 of them. Yeah, very cool. Well, Brad McCall was a guest a couple of years, years, a couple of weeks ago, actually, yeah, on yeah. Cars. Yeah, he's the one that uh, introduced me to Sarah. So, Brad, thank you very much for bringing another uh, awesome, inspiring guest here to Cars. Yeah, uh, yeah, he runs a great team, and you're with yeah. an awesome group of people. And this year, you're driving a BMW and M4? Correct. So, um, last year, we were doing the Porsche Cayman, mm-hmm. and this year... You know, it's a little bit more competitive is the BMW GT4 race car. So it's like basically a factory built BMW from BMW. Um, You can't just go buy this car and build it. I mean, technically you could, but it's more special because it's factory built. Mm -hmm. So it comes straight from the factory at BMW fully built as a race car. They're so cool. I mean, it's just yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, great group. And my listeners know I'm a big fan of Porsche and BMW. You've got an uh, M3 in my garage. Nothing like Oh, Porsche. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've had it for since uh, 05. Bought it brand new. Yeah. I, I just, it's an E46. Oh, cool. Yeah. I just, yeah. Every time I think about selling it, I drive it and go, I can't sell this thing. It's too, it's too much fun. It's just, uh, I know this is such like a basic question, but what color is your E46? Well, it's silver with a red interior. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, I ordered it without a sunroof because my first uh, car, I had the first gen when it came out, the first, uh, an 01, and I used to track that car a lot. So I got it without a sunroof so the, with a helmet on my head, there wasn't any problem. Oh, there you go. Car. 
and did it there again, did it again with this car, but this car's not been on the track because at that point I started racing vintage cars. So yeah, stopped tearing up my street car and uh, doing it with, with purpose built race cars, which is really fun. When I yeah. ask you a question that is kind of a silly question for racers, but what is your favorite part of racing? Oh, there are so many things, you know, obviously if we just take out the actual driving part, because, you know, that seems like such the typical answer, just being in the car. I think it's honestly like the family aspect of it. You know, I've been with round three racing my team for three or four years now, and it's the same guys, you know, it's the same crew. It's the same everyone. And we've all just become family. And I think it's special because we have a race about once a month. Um, and you know, you get to see your family once a month and they're all so excited to be there. They're all amped and they all genuinely understand your passion of wanting to win and your passion of loving cars. So, you know, even though I have a lot of best friends here, they just don't, fully grasp that because they're not, you know, necessarily in the racing world. So to be able to share my passion with other people who are just as passionate about it is really probably one of the most special things about racing. Well, racing is all about a team sport. And for people that aren't into racing, when they learn that, it becomes quite interesting. There's a series that came out, I think it was earlier this year, about Formula One, documentary type series. And yeah, it did an enormous amount of uh positivity i guess i should say to bringing people who weren't into racing into racing yeah because and my daughter's a great example my listeners know this i try and try to get her interest in racing her whole life and <laughs> she just dad not interested not her thing and now she watched that series with her husband who wasn't into racing and we just had dinner with them uh, lunch yes uh, this past weekend and oh do you see the f1 race what do you think about this guy and that guy and i'm like look at him like, who are you you know yeah and now they're into it so that team aspect of the sport is so important and it's just, yeah. it's a vital piece. I think if more people understood that and got into that aspect, I think the the whole racing genre would have a lot more fans. And I, I hope they do more of those documentaries for all different aspects of racing yeah. uh, to help people see that. We'll take a short break. We come back. I've got a challenge question for you, which is kind of a silly question for racers because racing is all about challenge. But keep yeah. that thought in mind and we'll be right back. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on firsthand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, Smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. You listeners know that I'm a huge car care fanatic and my friends at AutoGeek created their Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant for perfectionists like you and me. Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is designed to provide long-lasting protection and a glossy slick finish that, well, it's unmatched. The use of polymer technology ensures your paint is protected from environmental contaminants, those damaging UV rays, and lasts up to three months long. By providing the glossy look of carnauba wax with the longevity of a synthetic formula, 
Wolfgang Deep Gloss Paint Sealant is the best of both worlds. Go to autogeek.net to get yours for the best product selection on the internet today, along with their skilled technical support. Autogeek.net is where I go for all my detailing needs. That's autogeek.net. Today's vehicles are essentially computers on wheels, and it takes more than a wrench and oil to keep them humming. That's why Cars Yeah! supports TechForce Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to driving tomorrow's workforce of skilled technicians forward. Techs keep our cars, trucks, airplanes, and fleets rolling. Yet there's a massive tech shortage because many young people don't know it's no longer a blue-collar job. Today, it's a new-collar career. It involves computers, technology, it's in high demand, you get paid really well, and you can live and work anywhere in the country. I know you're passionate about cars, trucks, and motorcycles, and you can help pass that passion on to the next generation of techs so our rides keep rolling down the road. Visit techforce.org today and learn how. So, Sarah, the big challenge question here, I like to ask everybody, and this is uh, not so much about the obstacle, failure, the challenge you faced, but what it taught you, because uh, we all know, like racing, when you get out there in the marbles, things get a little dicey you need to learn a little bit more. Uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. So walk us through a, uh, maybe a rough patch, a rough pit stop, a rough race, uh, and what did you learn from it? So back in 2018, uh, 2017, I had a pretty bad crash um, at Mosport in Canada and basically total lost the car and I was renting the car. So basically had to write that off and it would just really, to be honest, sucked. I don't have the money to just write off, you know, write a check for a new car like, you know, a lot of young racers do with their parents' checkbook. I just, which I'm fortunate because I've learned so much more because I don't have that opportunity, but that just really was rough because I didn't have anything in the works for the next year. I was broken. I had broken ribs. You know, I just, it was literally the hardest, darkest time of my life because I didn't know what was next and there was nothing out there for me. And I was in trying to pay all of this car off and it was just rough. Only thing that really kept me going was my dad kept telling me and like hounding me. Um, you know, there's always light at the end of the tunnel, like just, you don't know when the end of the tunnel is, but there's always going to be something. And, um, you know, sure enough, he, he was so right. And right after that was when I joined the MX five cup series and was the first female to podium. So it just, it was such a reset on life, not taking anything for granted because I didn't know if I was ever going to be in the race car again. Um, it was just very challenging mentally as well as physically, like just trying to keep pushing forward and to have my family and friends there supporting me, even though they, couldn't physically get me back in a car, obviously, but they just were there. And that was just such a huge learning curve of don't ever give up because you never know what's around the corner. You know, this is a a great golden nugget you dropped here for listeners in every aspect of life. You're going to encounter a point where everything looks pretty dark. Let's say you lose a job and it was no reason of your own. Just say the company bankrupted or they just re-bought and they brought in all their people and all of a sudden, goodbye. Thanks for your 10 years. Uh, See you later. And and my question for you is in that dark moment, on top of the physical pain of recovering from a crash and the emotional and financial strain of paying for a car that 
oh yeah, I remember borrowing a friend's surfboard when I was in high school and it broke. It, yeah, big, big wave. And so I had to, I couldn't afford a new board, but now I had to figure out a way to buy him a new yeah. board to pay for. You know, it's just different than what you did, but I think you get the point. So how did you work through that? And you mentioned a mental. Uh, that's the key. How did you find ways to work through the mental aspect of, ah, oh, this looks like the end, the doors are closed, the garage shut down, the lights are off, I can't get back into this. How did you work through that? What were the processes that helped you get through that? Because this will help somebody listening today that's dealing with whatever challenge that looks pretty dark. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, it was hard for me to even watch like races or anything just because it made me almost sick to my stomach. Like, God, I should be there. I think the thing that really just helped me going was honestly the, the dream of something's going to work out. And, you know, even though I felt like I was lying to myself a lot, <laughs> yes, it, you know, wound up working out and, you know, in a sense of me never giving up, whether, you know, that was just more me to myself, mentally telling myself that of never giving up, it, you know, really worked out and in the most unexpected way. And, for me to be in a race car now still just blows my mind. And I feel grateful every day. Like you said earlier, I've gotten to drive some really badass cars. And I think it's just the, the thought of never giving up. You never know where life may take you. <laughs> so I know it's so like such a cliche thing, but it truly, I think is what got me through that. You know, you said the words never give up, and I always smile. I've had hundreds of racers on this show, and now it's become a little bit of a, a fun game for me when I have a new guest on the show who's a racer, because I always think, at what point in our talk will they say the words never give up? Because yeah. every every racer has said that, and this is a great lesson for everyone in life. And you're right, it is cliche, but it is real. It is. And uh, what's that great line when you're marching through hell? Just keep marching. Yeah. Which means, you know, another great Winston Churchill Seriously. quote. Yeah. Just don't give up. So looking forward down the track, because this is what we learn to do as racers, always look way ahead, not right in front of you. Bucket list. Where would, do you see your career going? If, if I could wave the magic wand and say, this is where you're going to be three, five years. What's it look like for you, Sarah? Well, I, not realistically, and of course, you know, never giving up on my dreams, I just don't have the funds to just buy an IMSA ride. So the most that I can do is just try and find partners to help me get there. And so that's kind of why I have a backup job of real estate, because <laughs> you smart. never know where it's going to go. Yeah, I have yeah. basically accepted the fact that I'm not going to ever be a paid driver. But, you know, that doesn't mean that I can't get into IMSA and at least do the series that I've always dreamed of since I was young. Um, ideally, if I could wave a magic wand, um, my cousin happens to be Bill Riley, who uh, owns and designs Riley Technologies and designs all the, you know, winning prototypes and things like that for IMSA and has for many years, Bob and Bill Riley. That's all my family, ironically enough. And I think my biggest dream would be able to race in one of his cars one day. Um, that would be one of my biggest bucket list items for sure. Uh, absolutely. Sounds very cool. So let's talk about a special vehicle in your life. This could be a street car or it could be a race car that really you got in and said, how did I get here? This is pretty cool. Uh, what is that special vehicle? And share a story about that ride. So I would say my most special vehicle was probably my MX-5 Cup car. So in 2015 was the last year of the NC model that Mazda allowed us to use in the MX-5 Cup Series. And the next year, we had to buy factory-built MX-5s from 
Mazda. And at that point, I knew that I was just no way I could afford this race car because it was expensive, you know, for a Mazda. You're like, what the heck? (laughs) Um, To be honest, but you know, I was just like accepted the fate of, you know, this is never going to happen because I can't afford this new car and to race on top of that. But um, I got a phone call one day and it was from a private donor of mine who wrote a check and bought me an MX-5 cup car. Which blew my mind. I didn't even know, like, how do you thank someone, you know, besides like a handwritten card, you're like a bottle of wine ain't going to cut it, you (laughs) know? (laughs) Go win races. That's how you think. Oh, exactly. So um, that was just such a special car to me because it just gets more special and I'm going to try not to tear up from it. But the gentleman who purchased that car for me wound up passing away the next year. Oh no! So in 20, I had a year off from MX-5 just because financial issues, you know, that seems to be the running going for MX-5 or any sort of racing. But in 2019, when I was fortunate enough to get back on the team of MX-5 Cup with six sideways, it was the same exact car that that donor had bought me. And that was when I podiumed an MX-5 Cup. And I just genuinely would love to talk to him about that. But I know he's watching down and is probably just so thrilled that his help is got me to where he wanted it to go. You know, if that makes sense. So, oh, of course, what a special person in your life. I mean, wow, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, no doubt. He is uh, very proud and smiling um, and having support like that of somebody Oh, geez. I mean, yeah. How do you thank them? I mean, again, I guess yeah. you, go out, you go out and you win races. That's the best about the best you can do. Exactly. So, so I'm going to be your car psychologist and crawl into your head a little bit here. If you were reincarnated, manifest as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive the lady in the mirror deep down inside, what would you be? But more importantly, why? So besides racing, or you're talking about me being a car? Well, you could be a race car. You could, you know, I've had people be all sorts of things. The whole key here is not what you want to be. That's the that's the easy go-to. Uh, it's more about how you perceive your personality, your nuances, who you are, but in some kind of vehicle. So you might be a Ford F-150 truck because you just keep getting the job done. Yeah. Um, hmm. I honestly, so I currently have a BMW streetcar 335i. Nice. With the M Sport package, of course. But I would either say something like that or a Porsche Turbo S because, (laughs) you know, I know those are kind of different completely, but I think they're both like very classy looking. But unless you know what you're looking at, you don't know what it is. So it might just look like a BMW. It might just look like a Porsche, but they both have a lot of power and they both are spunky and sound really good. Only if you know how to work it. (laughs) I like the way you did that. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. Uh, Porsche Turbo S. Yeah. My dream car. uh, If I wanted to write a check that big, which I don't. I know. Uh, Yeah. Very, very pricey cars, but uh, they're so awesome. And I've had friends that have gotten to a point in their lives where they can buy what they want. They'll buy like the, um, the GT3 or gt2 or or something like that and then they quickly realize if they don't do a lot of track time oh kind of made a mistake here and they've ended up getting rid of that and getting the turbo s because it does all that stuff and more exactly Uh, but But it just looks kind of like even if you pass by on the road you're like oh i guess that's just another porsche you know whereas like a gt3 has like the big wing it's got the big sporty look like uh, I don't want people to pay that much attention to me (laughs) i want to basically have my results prove myself versus 
looks, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, nicely done. Yeah. So how about a great book? Uh, we love books here. Is there a great book that you've read you'd like to share? Yes. Yeah, so I know that this is kind of funny, but I truly had difficult times with mentality and racing and always thinking I'm driving someone else's car. How do I fix this? If it breaks, just getting in my head, seeing myself winning the race before the race is actually finished or started, you know, just like having a sour mentality versus just living in the moment. And it is just a book, which is kind of funny, but it's called performance thinking by Jock Delaire. And that truly helped my mindset of how to properly think as a race car driver. And it's, it's not solely focused on racing. Like sure. A lot of things in there are, you know, rela- racing related, but it's also for anyone in life, just trying to focus more. Great book. Jacques was a guest here on cars. Yeah. I love that book. And it works. Yeah. That book ties to everything in life. Uh, it's to, amazing. Yeah. He's, he's done a tremendous job with helping people. You said something really important, I think, and it's, it's hard for, hard for me to do, hard for a lot of people to do, but that book helps you is living in the moment versus the past or the future, which so many of us are consumed by the past. And then we're so busy looking into the future. They don't, it's like the old saying, stop and smell the flowers, right? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that book helps. I'm glad you recommended that. So I'm going to enable you to go on what I call the ultimate drive. Now, in your case, this could be the ultimate race too. I have a magic wand. I'm going to enable you to have any vehicle in the world could be streetcar race car i'm going to park it in your garage you can take it anywhere race it or drive it and here's the fun part you can take anyone with you even somebody who has passed so you could bring somebody from the past into the future now some people have said i'm not going to have anybody with me i'm just going to be by myself so that that's an option too Eh, that's not fun there you go (laughs) there you go i like that what's the ultimate uh drive look like for you i I'm going to, gosh, there's so many cars out there. I I would probably, you know, stick to something newer and go with, here we go, cliche, a Porsche GT3 or an RGT3 RS or something like that. And for sure, take my dad. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) I think that would just be, and uh, probably like backcountry roads. I think he would just have such a great time and you know, father daughter bonding time. Who wouldn't love that? He's basically, you know, kept me going in racing and I know he loves cars as much as I do. So that would just be one hell of a adventure. I think so. You know, I was uh, down at car week in Pebble beach, Monterey at the quail and Porsche was there launching the new GT three RS, uh, which yep. is quite wild. Holy cow. Yep. A lot of crazy stuff on that vehicle. It was in classic livery white with the green, uh, career stripes and so forth, or the, in this case, a GT three, but, uh, yeah, maybe we'll get you one of those, you know, why yeah, you know, that's that's fine. I would not be mad about that, Mark. <laughs> I, I think so. Oh, you're not a cheap date, are you, Sarah? No, Holy cow. I'm, I'm sorry. I'll that's... drink water. I don't need alcohol, but okay. I want. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate that. No, yeah. much more fun to get in a car and uh, go drive than sit and drink wine all night. That's for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you've taken us on a wonderful ride today and had so many people uh, say great things about you, and especially Brad, of, of course, uh, the team owner of who you drive with there. Uh, awesome to get you on the show. Before I let you go, could you share some words of inspiration with our listeners? Yeah, I think, you know, I think there are definitely people out there to, I say this lightly, make your life miserable or tell you that you can't do it. And, you know, you're going to always encounter those people, whether they're close to you, family or friends or whatever. And 
they don't always know what they're talking about. Either they're just jealous of the opportunities you have or, you know, whatever the case may be. But I definitely think don't listen to the haters because they're just trying to bring you down with them. Yeah, I've heard this before. Ignore the naysayers and get out there and do it. Yeah, uh, exactly. You know? uh, yeah, it's it's easy to get caught up in that these days, especially when you're a public figure uh, yeah. like you are. And uh, I always remind people you can delete, you can ignore, you can scroll on by. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you have the power to do that. Yeah. How can people learn more about you and follow you in the WRL? Yeah, so I'm not hard to find, I feel like. I've got all social media platforms and um, as you'll see probably in the link here, my name is Sarah with an H. So, you know, if you just look me up on any social media platform or I have a website, sarahracing.com, I, I'm pretty easy to find. Absolutely. And I'll make sure you can find Sarah and follow along with her and her racing team. Um, easy to do. It'll be on the Cars Yeah website, uh, Sarah's page there. So all the clicks will be there in the links. Sarah, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. A little pit stop with me today. This has been fun. I'm so glad I got you on the show. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you. I usually say I'll see you down the road, but I'll see you at the WRL race. How's that sound? I'll see you at the racetrack. That I'll see you would, on the track. <laughs> that would be more. Well, I'm not sure. I don't think I could keep up with you, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely be watching you go around. Uh, thanks for being with us today. This was fun. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!